It's not a toy he wants this holiday. Nice clothes, not on her list. What these kids want, your kids have. Their health. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we're fighting for kids who aren't as lucky as yours. The discovery that St. Jude can help save children close to you. Our treatments are used in hospitals all across America. Thanks to our research, St. Jude has the world's best survival rates for the toughest childhood cancers. And no family ever pays St. Jude for anything. Our discoveries today could save a child you know tomorrow. So if you have healthy children, give thanks. Give thanks. Dallas, gracias. Give thanks. Give thanks for the healthy kids in your life and give to those who are not. Donate at stjude.org or shop wherever you see the St. Jude logo. Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, got my beer popped open and ready for this week's episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. This coming Sunday is week three of Advent, and this Sunday we focus on joy. Every year we light candles as we prepare for the coming of Christ. More and more candles, more and more light each and every week as we watch and wait for Jesus, the light of the world. God of promise, come into our darkness. Renew your hope, your peace, and your joy in us. For you alone bring life out of death. Receive God's promise of joy from Psalm 28. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. This week, we talk about being restored by the Messiah. And our scripture reference is Zephaniah 3, 14 through 20. This is from the New Revised Standard Version. Hear the word of the Lord. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on the day of festival. I will remove disaster from you, so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you home, at the time when I gather you. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The book of Zephaniah was likely written in the late 7th century BC. In the southern kingdom of Judah, Josiah was king from 640 to 609. 
The first prophetic voice since Isaiah in the late 8th century, Zephaniah, was likely written during Josiah's reign. In this view, the first two chapters of the book would have been written earlier in Josiah's reign before Josiah led an attempt to reform Judah with the third chapter written toward the end of Josiah's reign after the reforms had failed. In 2 Kings 22, we read that Josiah was just eight years old when he became king. While still a young adult in the 18th year of Josiah's reign, Hilkiah the high priest discovered the book of the law while the temple was being renovated. Josiah heard the book read aloud and realized Judah had not been faithful. He, along with other religious leaders, led the people of Judah to significant reforms. However, by the time Josiah died, Judah had become unfaithful yet again. The reforms had failed. Our passage, Zephaniah 3, 14 through 20, likely would have been written after these reforms had taken place. Verses 1 through 9 of chapter 3 speak of the Judeans' unwillingness to be corrected. The first two chapters of Zephaniah invite Judah to reform, while the first part of chapter 3 rebukes Judah for its failure to reform. Then, in stark contrast, the final portion, verses 14 through 20, offer a dramatic picture of hope. Now, this transition is a bit jarring. God's promised salvation interrupts a tirade of judgment with a song of joy. The day of darkness and gloom is supplanted by a day of gladness. Zephaniah was writing of the injustices Judah continued to commit and the catastrophic consequences of the Judeans' moral failure. These words had likely spanned a generation, first a call to repentance, and then a rebuke for a lack of repentance. Further, the end of Josiah's reign was a tumultuous one. Josiah died in battle against the king of Egypt, who had formed an alliance with the Assyrians. There was much uncertainty for those who would have originally heard Zephaniah's words. In the midst of that turmoil and uncertainty with the country on the brink of disaster, Zephaniah invited Judah to sing and shout aloud, to rejoice even. Their fortunes were to be restored. They would be gathered together again, no longer needing to fear their enemies. God was with them in their midst. Chapter 3 of Zephaniah uses a Hebrew phrase that could be translated as in your midst more than anywhere else in the entire Old Testament. In the New International Version, verse 15 uses the phrase this way, The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. As Christians, we affirm that the man, Jesus, was also God in the flesh. We use the term Emmanuel from Isaiah 7 to refer to Jesus. It literally means God with us. The crux of the hope of this passage from Zephaniah 3 is that God is with us. This is the hope of the season of Advent. Even though uncertainty abounds, even though nothing looks like it should, in Jesus, God is quite literally in our midst. With God in our midst, we need not fear any longer. As God continues to be present during the worst of times, we learn more of God's character. Charles Spurgeon once said, The fulfillment of a divine promise is not the exhaustion of it. When a man gives you a promise and he keeps it, there is an end of that promise. But it is not so with God. When he keeps his word to the full, he has but begun. He is prepared to keep it and keep it and keep it forever and ever. For the people of Judah, a question throughout this book was, 
Who is their king? Under whose authority do they submit? Verse 15 says that the Lord in their midst is their king. For Christians, we proclaim this truth about Jesus. Jesus is our king and Lord. And he, although strong and mighty, is strong in his love for his people. Jesus, our Lord and king, is actually the king of love who dwells in our midst. And this is a cause for celebration. It gives us hope in the midst of suffering, peace in the midst of uncertainty, and joy in the midst of sorrow so that we can love others with the same love of the Messiah. The third Sunday in Advent is often known as the Sunday of Joy. The candles of Advent are mainly purple, like the liturgical color of Lent. While this is a color for royalty, it is also a color for penitence. Penitence is disrupted by the rose-colored candle for this the third week, the week of joy. It's fitting that our passage in Zephaniah 3 would be the passage for the week of joy. The passage itself interrupts an oracle of doom and destruction with celebration and joy. This joy is born out of a threefold hope that can be found in this passage. These verses first speak of a hope to the people of Judah, even though they've been unfaithful. God will restore them because God is in their midst. Second, Christians derive hope in this passage as we see its fulfillment in Jesus. Through Jesus, God is in our midst. And third, we see even today that Christ is in our midst still through the Holy Spirit, and Christ will return one day to restore all creation. For these reasons, God's people throughout the centuries have ongoing reason to celebrate with joy. What does joy look like when life still has its struggles? That's the power of this passage. These words of restoration were not uttered in a vacuum. They come after two and a half chapters of judgment and pronouncement of doom. How much more powerful are these words then when considering all that's come before? We too, even when we see challenges around us, can celebrate God's ongoing and future restorative work. Joy is more than a feeling. It requires a choice. We choose joy. We choose to remember God's promise and recognize that God is in our midst. While we await Christ's return in faith, we choose joy now. We remember God's faithfulness. We worship our Lord and King who is strong, mighty, and for us. Biblical thought always understands hope as the expectation of a good future which rests on God's promise. Our joy is born in our hope in Christ. We choose to hold God at his word. In this Advent season, how does God's presence in our midst give you hope? What promises of God's faithfulness do we need to cling to? In a May 21 article on Forbes.com, it said that roughly half a million tweets are generated every minute of every day. In the last two years alone, roughly 90% of all information in human history was created. We do not lack information. However, what information do we ingest? What do we focus on? This passage encourages us to choose joy. Let's focus on the hope we receive and God's promises. How do we cultivate joy? We start by dwelling on the promises of God. The promise of Advent is that God is in our midst, in the waiting and in the future. God's presence in Jesus Christ empowers us to love others joyfully, even when life is not going as hoped. Offered to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The way of Jesus cannot be imposed or mapped. It requires an active participation in following Jesus as he leads us through sometimes strange and unfamiliar territory and circumstances that become clear only in the hesitations and the questionings in the pauses and reflections where we engage in prayerful conversation with one another and with him. We'll be right back after this short break. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer represent victims all over the state of Florida. All too often, insurance companies try to convince injured motorists, passengers, pedestrians, and other injured claimants to accept less than their case is worth. Whether it be a car crash, a trucking accident, a motorcycle wreck, a bicycle accident, or an injured pedestrian, it is imperative that you have legal representation to assist you. Becker and Lindauer are dedicated to putting their decades of legal experience to work for you. With proven results, Becker and Lindauer is ready to fight for you. With 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of Dave and Danielle are highly qualified and ready to help you. Call today for a free consultation, 941-567-6728. Again, area code 941-567-6728. Or visit Becker and Lindauer online at the website in the show notes. We've been telling you about my grandson, Braxton, six-year-old grandson, Braxton, who was recently diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia and was receiving care and treatments at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Wanted to give you an update. Here's what happened. Um, you know, my, my wife and I, my wife Beth and I, had had just a hell of a week, actually a hell of a month. <laughs> and we uh, decided that we would go out and eat uh, last, last weekend. And we were sitting there, we were enjoying some live music. We were sitting beachside, enjoyed a nice meal. My phone rings and it's my son. He tells me the greatest news I could ever hear. He said that all of the tests that Braxton had been undergoing over the past week showed no cancer. It is in remission. And going to find out the next steps he needs to take. He will still need to have uh, tests run continually and still be under some care. But the good news is, and we are celebrating this and we're praising God for it, Braxton, right now, as we sit right now, cancer-free and that cancer is in remission. We are so thankful for the prayers and the outpouring of love and support and we are thanking you all for your continued prayers. We are thankful for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and will continue to promote them and invite you to, if you find it in your heart and you you can, contribute to St. Jude in some way. Uh, because we are, my family has been affected by the giving of others in the past by providing completely free care and wonderful top-notch, world-class care to my grandson, Braxton. God is so good. Thank you, God, and thank you to each and every one of you. And we are cheering Braxton right now. Pack up your bags, get out the door, you don't get chemo anymore. Good news, everyone. Our good news story comes to us from Maryland, where a group of high school students 
recently won two international awards for inventing and designing a device enabling people in wheelchairs to push a baby stroller. They came up with a design to help one of their teachers. Here's more on that story from NBC4 out of Washington. It's just really amazing to see, you know, my husband, Jeremy, who you guys got to meet virtually, and our son be able to enjoy these things. So we just wanted to say thank you guys so much for the amazing innovations that you guys did this year. That is middle school teacher Chelsea King thanking the team of upper school students who helped create the Wee Stroll that's helped change her family's life. So my husband had brain surgery three years ago, um, which left him with a lot of physical challenges. Challenges that affected his speech and balance, which meant he would need to use a wheelchair. And then when we found out we were expecting, uh, we kind of immediately jumped into, okay, how is he going to do certain things for our baby that normal parents don't really have to think about? And one of the things we really couldn't find was a way for him to enjoy walks with um, with our son. They scoured the internet and came up short. We really just wanted a way to have, you know, walks as a family and for him to be able to do everything that a parent without physical disabilities does. And then Chelsea remembered the head of the school's bit lab, Matt Ziegler, taught a class that made things for social good. It seemed like a sort of perfect challenge for this class. One, it was great to have it as a challenge, but two, it was great that it was somebody in our community that actually could benefit from it. The class was also touched by the challenge. They interviewed the Kings virtually to get a better understanding of the family's needs. I would want the ability to do it by myself. Over the course of several weeks, the teens refined their ideas. Ibanka had a group and I had a group and we both made a design and it turned out that our, both of our designs, if we combined it together, would make like a superior design. It was difficult, but it wasn't impossible. They tested the designs and eventually came up with two wheelchair stroller adaptation devices they called the Wii Stroll. Mr. King would put in the attachment piece. Next, you get the car seat and put it into the attachment piece. And then next, you just simply just buckle the baby in. Next, it was time for Chelsea, her husband Jeremy, and their new baby boy Phoenix to try out the Wee Stroll themselves. The first time we were able to take it out in our neighborhood, just the three of us, it was it was amazing. So it was just kind of a, a match made in heaven with what we needed and what Matt does with his classes. The Wee Stroll not only helped change the King's lives, it also changed the students who created it. To see the smile on his face and um, just to, to know that I was able to help give him that connection with his child that he wouldn't be able to have because of his disability. It definitely made me feel for them and it kind of it made me mad because like something like this should be made already and we shouldn't be the ones high schoolers making these designs. The King family is beyond grateful that those high schoolers made the designs that are helping their family enjoy what many of us take for granted, a simple family stroll. To see that they're thinking outside the box, how passionate they were about the project. And I think, you know, it connects that they knew me and they knew my husband, um, you know, so we just want to say thank you so much to them because without them, we wouldn't be able to have this very simple thing. If you run across a good news story, send it to us. You can go to either Facebook or Instagram and Send us a message there. The links to those pages are in the show notes of this episode. Or simply use email, soulramblingspodcast at gmail.com. Again, soulramblingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I am grateful for the gift and privilege of your time. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, and you have a minute, would you give us a rating and... Help us get new subscribers as well by sharing this episode on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks a bunch.
And here is the last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'm Jerry Wicker. We'll see you next week for week four of our Advent series on the Soul Ramblings podcast. Until then, grace, peace, cheers. cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.